the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm pleased to have back as my co-host this week, Linda Forsyth of the Sea Vine News Network, and you can find her good work at c-vine.com, as well as on Telegram and many other uh, social media sites. The Bible tells us in Psalm thirty-three, twelve, that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And if ever there was an example of that being true, it is the United States of America. From our founding, when our Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. John Adams, one of our great founding fathers, told us that our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And I could quote many other founders along the same lines about the absolute essential importance of religion and specifically Christianity to America and its success. But we see that falling away now every day in the media, in the schools, in the colleges, and across the country. The church has largely been asleep, but there are some pastors that are trying to wake up not only their congregants, but other pastors and lead another uh, restoration, uh, another awakening in America. And one such pastor we are very honored to have with us this week is Pastor Tim Thompson of the 412 Marietta Church in Redland, and not in Redlands, in Marietta. We not if he was in Redlands, but he is in Marietta. And He's definitely a pastor that uh, gets it, and he's also a, we'll talk about it a little bit here, a pastor that we, with a criminal record. He was arrested for um, going out and uh, trying to carry a biblical worldview into the political square. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. I've uh, I got a copy of your book. I've not had a chance to get all the way through it, but it is entitled Awake, America's Final Great Awakening, and I would commend it from the portion I have read to everyone who is interested not only in serving the Lord, but in preserving the United States of America. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the goal is to, to have uh, something that we can hand to somebody and get them excited about being a part of the public square and using their voice for the kingdom of God. I won't read the whole quote, but the Reverend Charles Finney from 1873 uh, basically says, if the nation declines morally, it's the fault of the pulpit. What the heck happened? Well, yeah, he, he couldn't be any more correct. You know, this is what's happened over the last several decades is we found that radical leftists have made their way not only into our public school systems and our university systems, but also into our seminaries. And you have these young aspiring pastors going to seminary thinking they're going to you know, come out being equipped to be a pastor. But what happens is um, just continued indoctrination into a leftist globalist uh, mindset. And that that is where we're seeing things like critical race theory, a lot of the, the, the critical theories um, being propagated there in the seminaries. And that finds its way into the pulpits of America and this is the type of things you're hearing from the pulpit. And that's why we have a lot of the issues we're having today. And maybe it's also, we'll get Linda into this conversation. Is it, even if they don't share a leftist, globalist, socialist view of the world, 
are pastors just afraid of um, of their, of their con- you know, losing congregants, lo- you know, and what people may say about them. So they may not share, they may not be a dedicated socialist, but they're afraid to speak out. Yeah, well, I mean, of course they are. Um, you know, these things, these topics are very, very divisive, and they they can really be divisive within a congregation. And um, pastors need to just not be afraid to divide when the division is necessary. You know, I, when I say division is necessary, think about things like the issue of life. You know, the Bible's pretty clear about life that, um, you know, we're, we it's an intrinsic value of the Christian that we value life. And so, you know, a lot of pastors go, well, I'm not going to talk about that from the pulpit because it's political. That's a political issue. Well, when you politicize every biblical moral issue you can think of, what happens is the pastors go, I don't talk about any of that. And so they're not addressing the cultural issues that are so desperately needed to be addressed in the day and age we're living in. I, I was just fascinated listening to what Tim had to say, Pastor Tim. It's uh, scary. It's not just in any Christian religion. It's uh, everywhere in all the various different pulpits. And in fact, uh, there are some that uh, people are feeling are being purposely infiltrated to do exactly that. Um, Even um, on up to the Pope, you know, in Catholicism, doing the exact same thing, turning the entire culture around and where do the leftists, the liberals infiltrate, deep state, uh, cabal, whatever you want to call it? They infiltrate what is trusted. Every single thing throughout our society that has been trusted over time has been infiltrated. Why not the church? Well, you have to get the church. You have to. If if you don't get the church, you're not going to get the culture. And this is where, you know, we, we look at what's happened over the several decades. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. had told us that this would happen if the, the church didn't recapture its prophetic zeal, if they didn't real, realize that they are to be the conscience of the state and never the, the tool of the state, that if they didn't do that and didn't recapture that, they would become nothing more than an irrelevant social club. And that's a lot of what we're seeing right now, because the message within the church is very, very um, in line with the message that you hear in the rest of the world. It's a lot of motivational speaking. It's about how to be the best you you can be. And it's very you centric. You know, it's 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 appealing to what people want to hear more about is how they can live their best life possible. And that's not the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is how you can live a life that is pleasing to God and how you can live a life where you're being effective in the community that you live in. We're called to be salt and light. And Christians have forgot that that salt is a preserving agent. Salt stings. You get salt on a wound, it stings, but it's good for the wound. It's killing off the bacteria and preserving what is good. And that is what we're supposed to be doing is preserving. And and we're going to have to sting a little bit, you know, and and that's just the fact that the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. A friend's going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And we've got everything backwards in our culture. We've developed it over decades. I've watched it over my entire life where we've created a culture that doesn't want to offend anybody. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And the fact is sometimes you have to hurt somebody's feelings by telling them the truth, just so that way they can grow and do well in life. Uh, but, but the church has, has been stepping away from that being the conscience of the state and telling people the truth. Pastor Tim, wow. I have a question. Yeah. Um, what about the situations of 501c3 nonprofit uh, <laughs> nonprofit status that most churches uh, nowadays are under? You basically have to follow the mandates of the government of the state on what they tell you to do, or if you don't, you could lose your nonprofit status, which means in a lot of uh, eyes of various different churches, they could lose their church you know, the funding or, you know, a substantial amount of money coming to do that. It's almost like it's a trap. Right. Um, what What do you suggest to pastors um, in situations like this where their back is up against the wall? 
Um, I, I suggest what they do is just trust the Lord to provide for them the, the funding that they need and not worry about the 501c3. So, you know, we're, we're talking about for the, for the listeners, if they don't know, there's a thing called the Johnson Amendment. It was passed back in the 50s. And what it does is it prohibits churches from getting involved in supporting certain political candidates. And that really is what it comes down to is whether or not you can voice support. Um, doesn't it doesn't prohibit a pastor from talking about political issues? It doesn't. You know, we can we could talk about the propositions. We could talk about um, different measures that are out. The only thing we're not supposed to do is, you know, basically support a specific candidate. Now, here's the fact. I, I do support specific candidates. I do it very vocally from the pulpit. And when I do it, I look into the camera and I say, IRS, if you're listening, come and try to take it. Come and take it. Here's the thing. First of all, they, they don't listen to me and they just keep letting me have my 501c3. But if they did take it, here's here's what this does. If they take away my 501c3 status, it doesn't mean I can't operate as a church. What it means is the people that would donate or what we call tithe to, you know, give financially to the church, they won't be able to write those off on their taxes. That's all it does is it prohibits them from writing it off. So if people are giving to the church in order to receive a tax write-off, they're giving to the church for the wrong reason. And so pastors need to stop fearing that that's going to be pulled. It does nothing, really. So it's it, they, they use this, and really, what it is is weak pastors hide behind their five hundred one c three. They I can't get involved because of the five hundred one c three. So they're they're basically just weak people. That's what they are, and I'll call them out for what they are. They're they're not engaging the culture. They're not sharing what people need to hear. You know, ninety six percent of regular church attenders defined as people who go to church two or more times per month. Ninety six percent of those regular church attenders want their pastor to tell them what the Bible says about the cultural issues we're dealing with. They're begging for their pastor. How do I address the transgender ideology? How do I address the border issue? How do I address abortion? How do I address marriage? Um, All of these things, the Bible has a lot to say about all these issues, has a lot to say about borders. There's a lot that God cares about. In fact, I've said this before is, you know, if, if you if you want to tear down the borders, you don't you don't want there to you know, we want to get rid of all our borders. What you're saying is you don't like how God has designed our borders. God's the one that sets them up. Acts chapter 17 tells us that. So the Bible has a lot to say about these issues. People want to know what it says. And the pastors, for the sake of not wanting to divide or, or hurt anyone's feelings, they don't talk about it. So they, they need to, to step out from behind their 501c3. They need to grow up and, and grow a backbone, and they need to tell people what the Bible says about these issues. And if people leave because they don't like what the truth is, they don't like what the Bible says, well, they don't belong in your church anyways. Blessed reductions. Uh, that great religious scholar Ann Coulter said that it's time <laughs> for Christians to recognize that the big thing is taking care of. Could you be courageous and fight for the most consequential nation on earth. As we were, you know, the church was founded, Christianity was established because 11 guys went out over the world to preach the, the word of Jesus, and 10 of them died in that process. And for them to now be worried, well, I might lose my 501c3 status. You're hardly, you're hardly much of an heir to, uh, to Jesus' apostles, if that, if that is your thinking. We need to let's take a break here and hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. 
For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are pleased to have Pastor Tim Thompson with us this week from the 412 Marietta Church. And his latest book is Awake, America's Final Great Awakening, in which basically it's a call to not to Christians in general, but specifically his fellow pastors to awaken to the threat to our culture and to the church, and do something about it. And I know Tim is doing everything he can. Uh, take it from there. What, is, how, what should pastors be doing that they're not doing? Well, you know, about a dec- almost a decade ago now, um, I found myself in an office in Washington, D.C. Now, now to set kind of the, the understanding here, in the Bible, we are told that we are to pray for all those who are in authority, that we might live quiet and peaceable lives. You know, anybody who sat in a church for more than a year, they've heard the pastor say that we're supposed to pray for all those who are in authority. So let's do that now. And they pray some generic prayer. Um, I found myself in an office in Washington, D.C., sitting across the desk from a man named Ken Calvert. Now I'm, I'm sitting in his office and he asks me, so what questions do you have for me? I literally, I had no clue who he was. I had no clue what to ask him. I sat there like an idiot, not knowing what was going on. Little did I know Ken Calvert was Congressman Ken Calvert. And he was the Congressman of the district in which I live. And so I felt like an idiot Here I am, a pastor, a spiritual leader in the community. I preach that people are to pray for those who are in authority, so that way we might have live quiet, peaceful lives. And I have no clue who this man is. I should have known who he was, what what his office does. I should know what his prayer requests are. How do you pray for somebody that you don't even know their name? You don't know what they're struggling with. You don't know what they have to vote on coming up. You don't know what kind of pressures they're going through. You don't know what their family life is like. And you're, you're saying that you're praying for these people? You don't even know them. And I think that that's where we need to start. We need to start seeing the pastors know who their school board is. I guarantee you, you ask most pastors in a community, tell me the, the names of the five school board members in your city. I guarantee you they can't do it. They don't know who the five school boards are. And if they do, if they just by chance know the names, they have no relationship with them. They don't know who they are, really. They don't know what their prayer requests are. How is it that the spiritual leaders can preach that we're supposed to pray for those who are in authority, but they have no clue who they are? And and I'm not saying this like getting down on them, like I'm so great at this and they're not. I was awakened to this sooner than many of them. That's all. You know, but the thing is, they need to wake up to this. We've got so many wicked things going on with our California public school system. So many wicked things. We've got the most radical um, left-leaning union in the entire nation called the California Teachers Association. You know, these, these people are pushing wicked things and, and basically helping to write legislation that cuts parents out and forces a wicked ideology on our children. And we don't know who the people in our local school district are. We don't know who's on our school board and who's going to implement these things. Shame on us pastors for not being engaged. Shame on us for not knowing who they are and not being helping to be the conscience of these people. Well, just an example of what can be done, um, too frequently is done, Pastor Dan Carroll, you probably know him with the Water yes. of Life Church in Fontana. So one, this is maybe two years ago, there was a bill that in its original form could have even banned sales of the Bible. It was that broad. And he, he preached about it one Sunday, and the local assembly member, Eloise Gomez-Reyes, received two or 3,000 calls to her office the following week. She reports this back to the assembly leader, who pulls the bill. They go on break in July, and they come back, and ultimately, the bill dies. 
just because, and this is just one pastor. Now imagine if you had a bill where you, you want something or you don't want something, this ethnic studies bill, which there has the, um, the, the children are going to be praying to the Aztec gods of human sacrifice for the power to be social justice warriors. If, every, if a pastor in every one of those cities uh, or in every district may did the same thing and every member of the assembly got 3,000 calls the next week, that bill will be gone. Right. And it needs to be gone. But the fact is, it, it keeps gaining headway because nobody's nobody's speaking up the way you're talking about this ethnic studies. It, it I've looked at the curriculum. This is anti-white. It's anti-male. It's anti-Semitic. Um, it's anti-Christian. And it's anti-patriarchal society. Now, whether people like patriarchal society or not is, it is irrelevant to me. The fact is the Bible is the one that sets that up where you have a family unit where the, the father is the spiritual leader in the home and assumes that role. And, and you look at healthy families, healthy families have healthy fathers, but this ethnic studies that they're trying to push is going to totally put down the patriarchal society, the, the core family, and it's totally against Christian values. But Where's the pastors? Where's the outcry? Where's where's the the outreach to our state legislature? How many pastors would you say share you are awakened like yourself? I well, I know I know several good pastors. You know, um, Dan Carroll, like you said, he's very he's been very involved. Rob McCoy, Jack Hibbs. Um, you know, there, there's several that are awake and aware of what's going on, but there's not enough. There really isn't. You know, most pastors are disengaged from the political arena. And that's a shame because you look at how our nation was founded. You think back to, um, well, even today you go back east and you look at the roads and the roads all come weird. You know, the way we, we are here in California, it's north, south, east, west, not so back east. All the roads led back to one central location, and that was the church. And the church was the the place where people went for public discourse. It was the place where they went to exchange ideas, hear what was going on in the country and find out what the pastor or the reverend had to say about it. So the pastors were the ones speaking into what was going on. And in many ways, the pastors were the ones who even led us into the revolution in the first place, the revolutionary war. So the pastors were instrumental in these issues. And now the pastors completely step away for the most part. Yeah, remember pastors, car, go ahead, go ahead, Linda. I'm sorry. The pastors truly are leaders of the community. They can they can set things on a correct path. In fact, that actually happened a couple of days ago in Vail, Arizona. Arizona, a lot of things going on there. Uh, the I don't know if you heard about this, but the parents in Vail, Arizona, were fed up with the school system because of everything that was going on. They went down there and they talked to the school board and they put their foot down and said, this is going to stop you know, about having gender change operations and getting shots without parents' permission and uh, mass, uh, the entire gamut. And so they really came down on the school board. School board walked out and quit. The parents right there at that moment stood up. And they elected five new um, board members, school board members, and they took motions. They went ahead and voted. No more masks for the school year. Nothing can be done without absolute parental consent. It doesn't matter what the school thinks or says. It's, it goes back to the family. And that came, that came because of being led by a good pastor, good moral authority, church authority. Amen. That's how it should be. We are unfortunately out of time. I know you have other things, other commitments today, uh, Tim, but thank you so much for being on our show. And I will also claim that next week on May 6th, on National Day of Prayer, you're going to be speaking to the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, 7 p.m. at Mill Creek Cattle Company in Mentone. So if you'd like to hear more from Pastor Tim, there is a great opportunity, as well as, of course, at your own church at the 412 Murrieta Church, 412 Church in Murrieta, both services on uh, Wednesday night. We 
your R-Watch seminars, and then you have four services on Sunday. Four services, yes, on Sunday. And looking forward to being out there at the Redlands Tea Party. Thank you, Tim, and stay tuned for the second half of Unite IE Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Well, welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And uh, at least blanking very closely behind that is the pastor, uh, who is the, really the kind of the, should be the moral compass of the community and the nation. We have Pastor Tim Thompson in our first half, and I, kn- I know he's running up against a, a, a time limit himself here. But just off the air, we had a little discussion that was so good and so important, we persuaded him to give us another five minutes to basically repeat that answer about what the heck is going on in our government-run schools that the parents better well know about. Oh, gosh. I mean, there's so many things going on. But one of the major things right now, we've seen this, especially as the Biden administration came in, he pushed real hard, real fast, was the transgender ideology. And this is something that's made its way into our public school system through the curriculums, uh, the different programs they have. But one of the most uh, alarming things that are going on right now is Children's Hospital. And and people can look this up. Children's Hospital has a whole um, YouTube channel that they, they talk about this these issues. Um, they're pushing out the transgender, what they're calling therapies. And what the Children's Hospital is doing is trying to put wellness centers on our school campuses. So that way children at school can have transgender therapy without the parents' knowledge or their consent. So you send, you know, your your son to school and you think, okay, they're in school, they should be safe, you know, and 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 like we talked about at the first half, you know, these these institutions that we we thought we could trust, you know, and we sent our, our sons there, and then next thing you know, our sons are saying, Well, we I think I'm a girl. So the school will let them go to a to a wellness center and have them suppress your son's production of testosterone so th- so he doesn't go through what they deem. Uh, as the wrong puberty. And same thing with our daughters. They've given our daughters and our granddaughters testosterone as as they're going through puberty. So that way they develop more manly features. This is happening on public school campuses across the state. And a lot of parents, we talk to parents, I've, I've been telling parents that these things are going on for years and they've got their heads stuck in the proverbial sand. You know, they're, they're like an ostrich with their head in the sand. If I don't see it, it's not happening. You know, they say, oh, I talked to my, my teach, my kid's teacher. They said it's not happening. Listen, it's happening. This is a real thing. Uh, it's California state law. And we need school board members to say, we don't care if it's law. We're not going to put that on our campus. And we need the pastors to step up. And when pastors step up, like we were talking about, when they step up, and they get their congregations active, that can have a drastic effect on what happens in a community. Well, this is, this is, I mean, this, you talk about the word wicked, but this really is because when you give children the cross sex hormones, 
that chemically castrates them. They are, they are sterilized for life. So you're going to some 14-year-old is going to make a life-altering decision. Can't get a tattoo. Can't get an ass. All things a 14-year-old could not do. Well, but yeah, I want, I, want, I'm, I want to take cross-sex hormones and be sterilized for the rest of my life. Sure, go ahead. Right. Yeah, these are irreversible damages that we're doing to children. It quite literally is child abuse. And we're, doing, we're, we're taxpayer funding it on school campuses. And uh, that's, that's the kind of things that are going on and why the, past, the, the church needs to awaken and why we also need school choice. But that's a, that'll be our, our discussion for another day. And again, I know, thank you for staying with us, Pastor Tim. I know you have other uh, commitments to get to and I look forward to seeing you at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots next Thursday. Likewise, thank you for having me on. If we had another 10,000 pastors like Pastor Tim and Pastor Jack and Pastor Rob McCoy and our pastor in Redlands, uh, Pastor Kevin O'Connor, maybe even in a thousand of them, we'd save the country because this, this moral religious base is absolutely essential to a free country. And uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, who uh, traveled to America in the 18, I think it was 1830s or 1840s and observed how and wrote the famous book, Democracy in America. He wrote that despotism may govern without faith, but liberty cannot. How is it possible that society should escape destruction if the moral tie is not strengthened in proportion as the political tie is relaxed? And I forget who it was, but somebody else in the in the 1800s he said that uh, you'll either be governed by the Bible or the bayonet. And uh, we just need more pastors to understand that, and Christians to 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 rise up and assert themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. If the communists and the more and the socialists and the Marxists and the pagans can bring their moral values into politics and the public square, and certainly Christians can as well. There's a delightful example, and I just, I've played the video many times, and we're going to play a little bit of the audio. There was a pastor in Calgary, Canada, and he's originally from Poland, so he understands communism all too well. And the health authorities, accompanied by a contingent of armed police officers, arrive at his church during Sunday service. And we're going to play the start of how this pastor responded. Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Get out of this property. Immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property. Immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out! Out of this property! Immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out! 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 Out of this property! Immediately out! Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property! Out of this property, immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Out! Out! Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed! Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go! So go, go, and don't come back without the warrant. Out, Nazi. Out. Out. You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without the warrant. Do not come back without the warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people. Intimidating people in a church during the Passover. And if you watch the video, and it is worth finding and watching, that the, as, he's, as the pastor's doing this, they're gradually retreating out the door of his church. 
and they end up just slinking away with their tails figuratively between their legs. And uh, it was it was wonderful to see, and if only more pastors shared that level of courage. They came back again and, and had no better success. And again, the, the, the health inspector comes back with this contingent of armed SWAT officers to try to intimidate the guy, and he categorically was not going to be intimidated. And he said in an interview that I saw that uh, he was uh, – He's seen this. He smelled this coming, this tyranny, this communist leftist tyranny from his, his life in Poland. He's seen it. He's felt it's coming and people disregarded him. But here it is. Well, he came uh, from a time before the Berlin Wall was taken down. And um, if anybody had an extreme example of living it, living it. Uh, during that period of time of tyranny and everything that was going on. Uh, plus, I'm sure it was passed down through the families, you know, what had happened. Um, he was quite cognizant of exactly what is happening, where it's happening, how it comes about, and why they are able to continue to march forward to push forward the agenda of tyranny because people don't stand up against it. Yep. This is a man that has been there, done that, and knew what had to be done. And I think that's an excellent, outstanding example that people need to look at and understand about what not only your rights are, but what you need to do before you are in a position of something that's going to be terrifying. Right. And it doesn't even take that much courage. So the, it's not. It's not like your life is on the line. It's not like in China where if you're if you're practicing or a, a Christianity, if you're holding a religious service in your home, you may be sent to labor camp to make Apple phones and Nike shoes. You're, that, that's not happening here. It's not like in Nigeria where the the Islamists are murdering Christians. So the, the level of risk is just it's just far less. Yet there are even here out here in Riverside and San Marino counties where churches are now at least practically free to open. There are still many churches that are not open. They're not holding live services. And that's just absolute cowardice on the part of the of the congregants and the pastor. There's many, though, that uh, at least here in California that I'm aware of that are being courageous and they are moving forward and they are doing their rights. And it's it's uh, those churches are thriving, thriving. That's true. And uh, the most of the decline in religious affiliation in Christianity in America has been from the traditional now very left wing mainline churches. There's been a much slighter decline among evangelical Christians, but the, most of the decline has been from those traditional mainline churches, which has this watered-down version, not a strong and bold version of Christianity and the gospel, such as, as in Pastor Tim preaches, or Pastor Jack, or Pastor Kevin, or Pastor Rob, and, other, and many others. One <laughs> other aspect of, the, of this is that the response to a real disease, the coronavirus, almost certainly come from a Chinese bioweapons lab, whether accidental or on purpose, we may eventually learn the answer to that question, is everything is, almost everything is predicated on a lie, that masks work, and they don't, that lockdowns of healthy people work, and they don't, that there's a significant or serious risk of transmission from non-symptomatic, asymptomatic people. Another lie, that, uh, that uh, hydroxychloroquine does not work when it does. All predicated on lies to advance this tyranny, and that's emblematic of our current culture of just, and that was true of communism, people that lived under communism. It wasn't just the secret police. It wasn't just you could be sent away to labor camp or killed or tortured. It was everything, the entire society, was built on lies. Well, something pretty terrifying has come out. I don't know if you are aware about it, Greg, but the frontline doctors 
have put out some data and some research about those who have received their immunizations, that they are actually shown to be a potential danger to those who have not received the immunization because of the shedding of skin, breathing, and et cetera, they have an entire laundry list of things that have been shown to move on to individuals who have not been immunized because of the injection, the jab, so to speak. And this includes teachers and parents who have received the jab that it can be transferred to your children. We're talking also about the potential, the potential of not being able to have children. Uh, People have, are in menopause, starting their periods again. There is, and they don't even know the long-term effects. It could be neurological, but this, this is terrifying. One of the doctors did say there is a strong potential, although there isn't data showing it yet, but using deductive reasoning, Taking hydroxychloroquine against this type of thing may very well protect you. Mm. And part of it is it's the same pattern of deceit. Is the really is who can you trust? Can you trust the government, the CDC, Anthony Fauci, pharmaceutical companies, the media, the government? Can you trust these people? Never mind that they might be making a mistake, but can you trust them that they're not actually trying to give you stuff that's harmful to you? Can you trust them to tell you the truth? And I think think the answer is categorically not. They've shown themselves that the ruling class and all of its agencies, minions, departments, woke corporations, and so on, have shredded every ounce of trust and confidence in their competence, in their integrity, and in their fidelity. So basically, trust them not. There's no way that I will have this experimental vaccine. And it is still experimental with a new experimental technology of manipulating the RMNA. And maybe that'll work out. Maybe that'll be a great medical advance down the road when there's more research. And that'll prove to be a fantastic medical advance. Maybe but not now, and uh, there's no, I, even if I can't fly, I can't go places, I'm not taking their experimental vaccine. I, paraphrasing William Shakespeare, that great white supremacist, they, uh, methinks they doth want us to take their experimental vaccine too much. And with that, let's have, hear from our sponsor for this half, All-Star Collision. The place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And I'm pleased to have as my co-host this week, Linda Forsyth of Seavine News Network. You can find her good work at c-vine.com. Oh, one of the, um, there was a lot of celebration this past week, and I think maybe premature, is the Secretary of State of California announced that there was a, more than 1.6 million signatures for the recall, and therefore I, I've seen many stories that the recall is qualified. And I hope that is so, but I am concerned that the celebration may be premature. 
that there's a, and I'm not sure that 30 days has officially started at this point, but there's going to be a 30 day period in which the uh, Democrat Party can get signatures of people that sign the petition to unsign it and try to drop the uh, number of valid signatures below the required uh, 1.495 million signatures. And I think the people that are celebrating don't necessarily understand who they're dealing with in the Democrat Party. We just watch them steal an election openly, blatantly, um, in our faces. And the courts and the Republican Party did nothing. They did not lift a finger to stop them. Uh, So why shouldn't they cheat and submit false signatures or uh, even the Democrat clerks in the court in the registrar's office sign the re, sign the revocation forms themselves or enforce the signatures of the voters or make copies of it and give it out to to uh, Democrat Party operatives to do the same. So there's plenty of ways still for them to cheat, and we will see whether they uh, they are successful. Well, one thing I think we can depend upon is I'm sure they cheated. I'm sure they have. Probably, um, I'm just assuming exactly what you're talking about. They don't know who they're messing with. Do you really think that whatever they come up with, just like what they've done with the presidential election, that people are just going to lay back and let this lie? Do you wow. really think <laughs> that, I mean, they, they went ahead and they got multiple over the amount of signatures that they needed. But it's interesting that all this is coming together at the same time. We've got the audit that's going on in Arizona, Maricopa County. We have all these things that are just all, uh, what is it, the Supreme Court ruling in New York having to do with uh, the Second Amendment? Well, they accepted review of a case involving whether there's some there's a constitutional Second Amendment right to carry your gun outside of your home. Okay, well, whatever that ruling is, that's going to pass down to the other states. And so we've got some major things all happening at once. And it's fascinating to see. I personally, you know, whatever they come up with, and they probably will come up with a few things, no doubt, we can expect it. People aren't taking things lying down anymore. It's really? on. It's on. Really? Well, the people the people accepted the stolen election pretty much lying down. Mm. Yeah, there were some rallies. Yeah, there were some protests. Um, but there was nothing in any way inhibited uh, with, with the, what the Democrats were doing, and the the courts the courts said. Categorically refuse to address the the evidence, and the people have 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 largely accepted it. Now the polling shows Rasmussen that fifty one percent believe, notwithstanding the, the total prop, nearly total propaganda in favor of a uh, legitimate election, the fifty one percent believe that fraud affected the outcome. But the people pretty much are accepting it. And if, if I was playing the Democrat side, if I commanded the Democrat side, I'd have every reason to believe that if I cheat and, you know, ah, shucks, guess what? 200,000 people signed the revocation document and took their signatures off and it fell below the required number. Too bad. Better luck next time, guys. Now, never mind that the rejection rate thus far is exceeds 20%. In the signatures, whereas in the November election, the rejection rate on the signatures for mail in ballots was a point six percent. Well, you don't think there's anything going on behind the scenes? Oh, I do. I do. And that's why I think that the celebration that the recall has made the ballot it may very well be premature. I, I, I hope I am wrong, and there's enough, there's enough margin there, and they just can't quite cheat enough to keep it off the ballot, but um, I would not be confident of that. Well, I hear what you're saying. You're, you're being cautious, and uh, we've certainly been let down so many times. It's enough to make our heads spin. One of the things uh, what Trump has uh, always followed was the uh, the teachings of Sun Tzu. 
And that's how he, who wrote The Art of War uh, a couple thousand years ago, which is why he wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. So when I'm saying things going on behind the scenes, oh, no doubt things are going on behind the scenes of the Democrat Party. But I think things are going on behind the scenes other ways also. And uh, I think people realize that because they know Trump isn't just going to lay back and let this go. And the same thing here within California. Everything's culminating at the same time. And that'll be interesting. And when it does happen, when it does happen, when we start to elect a new governor, I wonder if it's going to be like what happened when Gray Davis uh, was replaced and there was over 200 Hollywood celebrities and everyone else, a mishmash of uh, culmination of anyone and everyone imaginable going to uh, replace uh, Gray Davis as governor. Uh, I, I think you're. I think you're right. I think there will be hundreds, maybe even thousands of, of candidates that are on on that ballot, on the recall ballot, if it if it qualifies, and too many potentially serious candidates. That such that um, if the Democrats were to run one candidate, even if the recall passed, the that one Democrat may win the recall election because it's, it's a straight plurality. Whoever gets the most votes, whether it's five percent, ten percent, seven percent. 20%, whatever it is, that candidate becomes the governor for the remainder of, uh, of Newsom's term. That's all the time we have this week. Thank you, Linda, for being on the show. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California, DRE ID number 1016658, Arizona, NMLO license number 0926439, Ranch, NMLS ID number 184172, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity. AM 590, the